want apple juice. Lucas wants apple juice. I know, I heard him can say I that. Can I have apple juice? Yeah, you can have apple juice. Can I have soda? Yes, you can have soda. Can I press that button? No, you can't press that button. Why? Because that's going to play the theme song. I'm not ready to start Click. the pot. What is up, guys? James Gutman here on iPod. I'm Dad, and welcome back to another edition of the podcast. Every Friday, everywhere you can find this show. Um, spawned off from highblogomdad.com, where my blogs are posted twice a week, Monday and Wednesday. This podcast comes out yeah, every single Friday. If you don't see it wherever you find your podcast, go to highpodomdad.com. Stuff goes up there immediately. I know sometimes we have a, a slight delay with some of the services we are working on it, so thank you guys for keeping me updated on that. Yeah, it's been a great, great week, man. Great few weeks. A lot of good stuff going on. I'm very excited. Starting a, a new job on Monday. I'll talk more about that uh, when it happens. You know, doing some writing, doing some good stuff. It's been a very exciting few weeks. I wrote last week on the blog about two different topics. Both of them kind of similar, but at the same time, both of them kind of different. The one on Monday was a real story, and it's something that I've written um, about in the past. But this time, it was an actual thing that had happened, and it happened in our lives. And it involves having a sibling to your special needs child. And I know a lot of people out here, you guys know what I'm talking about. It's, it's difficult. When you have a special needs child, my son is nonverbal. He has autism. Sometimes I say that I have to give a bit of an explanation because I know some people have autism, but it's, you know, it's mild, or it's like they have to come out, or you know, they're, they're like, well, we're no different. I totally get that. My son is a little different. I think people meet him, they immediately know he has autism. There's life skills that he has to work on. And because of that, there are certain aspects of his personality that I get that I sometimes feel a need to try to explain to people, you know, and you get that. Like my son doesn't, he doesn't apologize for things. He'll barrel into you on accident and I'll, I'll bring him back. I'll be like, Lucas, say you're sorry. And he'll, he'll tap you or give you a hug. And it's sweet, but he doesn't know oh, I just banged into this guy. Let me let me give him a tap and say, I'm sorry. No, he doesn't do that. So normally in life, it's kind of easy to work with. There are people who are very understanding. And I got to tell you, even in the last 10 years since he's been on this earth, I've seen a change in how people respond to autism, how people are aware of it. And that's one of the reasons why I can never get too mad at autism awareness. I think it's done a good job of making sure people are aware that it exists and making sure people are aware that certain people don't, maybe interact the way they feel is appropriate, if that's the right word to use. So they're more forgiving of those things. So if my son is loud on an airplane or my son has a bit of a meltdown on the way out of a restaurant, as long as I'm taking care of it, as long as they see that I'm not ignoring him and making everyone else endure it, people are really cool about it. And I've had nothing but positive experiences. That said, he has a sibling. And his sister understands everything. She's the same way. She's the ultimate understanding one. Like he doesn't apologize for things and, and all that stuff. And she gets it and she's cool with him. But as his dad and as her dad, I want them to have a good relationship. And I don't want those missed apologies or moments that could be considered unfair to her to pile up and lead to resentment. Don't know if they will. They might. But 
as his dad, it's my responsibility to make sure that doesn't happen. At the same time, I have to balance it out. I've written blogs about this in the past too, where I would always try to almost micromanage their relationship. If they were together, I would try to go in there, oh, make sure he does this, make sure Lucas knows that. And then finally one day when she was like seven or eight, she led me to the door and she put me in the hallway and closed the door and left the two of them in there. And I just left it alone. And I have to remember that they are brother and sister and I have to allow her to build her own relationship with him. That said, on Monday, I wrote about a very difficult day. It was a day I went to take pictures of them. She's kind of a jerk with pictures. She's been a jerk for pictures for a while, which I get. I don't post pictures of her really here uh, unless I ask. I'll send her a picture. i like, I use this for the blog. She'll say yes, no, whatever. I never do it without asking. But it's starting to become where I can't even take pictures of her, where she will, rather than just give a fake smile and just let me have the picture, she will purposely like frown like I'm kidnapping her. Like There should be a newspaper in front of her face as I'm taking these pictures because she's like, I'm like, what are you doing? It is the same effort to smile as not smile in this moment. So she did that. And I don't know what it was, man. There was something about it that just kind of riled me up. And all of a sudden, I went from zero to 100 in like a second. And I don't, you know, every once in a while, I will realize that something has bothered me that I've kind of let slide for a while. And that's what that was. And all of a sudden, I'm like, that's it. Everybody in the car, enough, enough. I've had enough of the picture. She's like, okay, okay. Everyone starts getting in the car. Daddy's freaking out. Let's all just do what he says. And they start walking out to the car. And as she's getting into the car, she's ducking in. And just as her head is in between the door and the frame of the car, he bangs into the door and it bounces off her head. Pretty solid shot. And I'm like, oh my God. Now at this point, she's being yelled at. So she gets in the car, she slinks in. So I I knock on the hood because I'm in the front of the car and I look at her and I point to her head. I'm like, are you all right? She's like, yeah. Like She does like that that nod. Like, (laughs) I'm all right. You get in the car, it becomes apparent she's not all right. And I feel terrible. But here's the thing. She didn't yell at him. She didn't scream at him. She didn't complain to me. It's not fair. Lucas doesn't ever get in trouble. But nothing. She just got in the car, held her head. And he's in the backseat playing with his toys and laughing and clapping and screeching. And she didn't get mad at him. And in that moment, I was so proud of her. Because it showed me that I've been doing the right thing, that she gets it and she understands him and she loves him. And it was a beautiful, beautiful moment. But at the same time, this poor kid just got her head bounced off the car. I mean, a solid bounce off the car. So I went out, I bought her a bracelet, it's a sister on it, little crystals on it. Beautiful. She wore it. The next day he came to me, he was bugging me for pirate booty, tugging on my arm, asking over and over again on his device. I'm like, Lucas, enough with the pirate booty. You've eaten so much. He goes, hey, no getting mad at Lucas. And I'm like, that's why I do it. And there it is. It's a beautiful thing, dude. I think that that's, as the parent to a neurotypical child and a child on the spectrum, I think that's a big piece of advice to give to all of you listening. Like if you are a parent to two children uh, who are different, even if it's not autism uh, and non-autism, even if you just have two kids who have conflicting kind of, personalities. You don't want to micromanage what they have together, but you want to ensure that they get each other in those moments or that they know that the other one appreciates the other one. There are certain things Lucas can't do. Lucas will not buy presents. Lucas will not apologize. Lucas will not do things like that. He doesn't understand what that means. He doesn't understand the concept of giving presents or whatever. Even in this, when I bought the bracelet, I just hand it to him and he gives it to her and he gives it to her and he turns to me and I'm like, here's your iPad, buddy. Like it was almost like, you know, robotic to give to her. He'll give you a hug. He'll give you a kiss, but to give you a present, not really in his wheelhouse. 
And that was my responsibility to make sure he did that. So I did. And that's, like I said before, a piece of advice I would give to anybody out there. If you have a kid who does not do that, do that. Make sure that your children get along, no matter how different they may be. As us Italians say, it's a beautiful thing. So I wrote about that on Monday. So that was Monday's piece. On Wednesday, I wrote a piece that I was a little concerned about after the fact that maybe people didn't understand where I was coming from because the title of it was called When I Was Done Crying About My Special Needs Son, right? And I didn't mean it literally in terms of crying. I'm a big crier. Um, I almost never cry in front of people, especially. Um, But even in my personal life, I rarely I really cry. I mean, there's been moments. I think death does it for me. If somebody passes away, that can kind of usually gets to me. But for the most part, eh, pretty cool <laughs> with stuff. So I wasn't literally crying about my special needs son. It was written in a way to explain that once I was done almost feeling bad for myself and I was done with people giving me the out to be sad because they do. People give you an out to be sad. If you have a special needs child, people will pity you. People will sympathize with you. People will allow you to not go to a party before you told them you couldn't go to a party, right? People will be like, hey, we're having some people over on Saturday. We're having a big party. And before you can even think, I don't want to go to this person's party, they're like, I understand if it's hard with Lucas if he can't get out of the house. And I'm like, yeah, okay. It's really hard, you know, because that's what you want. You don't want to go to the party. You don't want to show up. So you could take it as an excuse, but you can't do that forever and you shouldn't do that forever. And I stopped doing that. And that's what Wednesday's post meant. That's what I meant about when I was done crying about my special needs son, when I was done using his, him as an excuse, when I was done feeling bad for myself, when I was done living in that haze that I was in in the very beginning, when I was done living in the fear of who he would be. And I started to get to know him and see how it affected my life in a way that was, I don't know, the same as parenting any child. Were there certain life skills I had to work on? Yes. Are there certain things today that I'm still doing with him that are somebody else to jump into my life and be like, oh my God, you still have to you know, brush his teeth and tie his shoes and all these things that I'm doing for him? Yeah, I am. I'm, he's 11. It does make things a little difficult to get him out of the house sometimes, to get moving. Um, a lot of the things that you know you would do for like a toddler or a baby, as people know, um, I have to do for an 11-year-old. And it's not as easy because with a baby, you kind of just toss them here, toss them there, tie their shoes, shove their shoes on their feet. When they're 11, it's like, he's like almost my height. He probably, between me and you, I think he weighs more than me. It's, uh, it's frightening. We share shirts. We literally share shirts. So there are definite things about being the father of an 11-year-old nonverbal child that makes it difficult. But I think when people hear about the fact that my son is nonverbal, they immediately flash in their head to being in my shoes. And while... It's somewhat accurate, where it's like, well, they would have to do all these things that they're imagining, and, and their life would be a little bit more difficult as they're imagining. What they're not imagining is the 11 years that I've had to ramp up to this, to get to know him, to acclimate this into my life, to make this a part of who I am and a part of who we are. It was never an immediate snap of the fingers, and all of a sudden, now I'm the parent to an 11-year-old special needs child. I was a parent to a 10-year-old special needs child, a 9-year-old, an 8 and 7. And by the time I got to 11, I get it. I'm, I'm cool with it. It's my life. It's just rolled right into it. So there is no pity, but I know people, and you know people, if you're listening to this, who have probably embraced the ability to be pitied, and they might not even have special needs children, they might just have children. Because once you get that opportunity to be pitied, and I've had a lot of different opportunities in my life, outside of even just Lucas, to be pitied. I had a quintuple bypass at 35. I don't talk to my family that I grew up around. I had a rough childhood, all these different things that have happened in my life that I've dealt with, divorce and blah, blah, blah. People will give you that out. They'll allow you 
to fall apart because people don't care if you fall apart or not. They don't really, they want to see you succeed. Most people want to see you do well, but they don't really have a vested interest in watching you do well. Like, it's just, it's up to you. Like, if you become president, they'll be like, oh my God, I'm so proud of you became president. But if you become a bum, they'll just be like, yeah, my friend's a bum. You know, try to talk him out, try to help him. But what are you going to do? People are people. People will allow you to have that out. And you could spend your days, and I could have spent my days with Lucas, laying in my bed, face down, you know, drunk and high and sad and all this stuff and not cleaning my house and you know, not washing, not showering, all these things I could have done. And people will let me do it. They let me do it because of how sad it is that I have a special needs child. But that's not fair to him because to be honest with you guys, between me and you, I don't like to use bad language. That's kind of bullshit. Lucas is not that hard. Is he difficult? Yeah. But all kids are difficult. I know other people who have kids Lucas's age who are verbal, who don't have autism, who put them through hell. You see these kids every day. I go pick them up from school and, and he gets picked up. He goes to a mainstream school. He's in a special needs program within it. And I see crappy kids his age who are speaking words and using their words for crappy things. So it's not just him. It's not like he's this terrible, terrible thing. But there's some people who want to have that pity. And once I put that pity away, once I said, like, don't pity me. We're good. We're going to do better than this. I started applying that to all aspects of my life. And that's when you start to make changes. When you stop being complacent, when you stop accepting, you know, I'm allowed to be miserable all the time. Nobody's going to give me a hard time. Once you realize you're not going to get in trouble for being miserable, I don't know. It's a choice you have to make. Am I going to be pathetic and get away with it and enjoy this pity? It's easy. I don't have to do anything. There's no you know, responsibility to really think about other than taking care of my kid. But no, man, you push forward and you do everything you can. That's what I do. I try to do everything I possibly can in a positive way. And that was the point of Wednesday's piece. It was not, you know, oh, I cry about my son. He's so sad. My son is great. He's fantastic. I wrote in the thing. What I actually wrote in the blog was that it's fine. It's fine raising him. It's fine raising his sister. I'm not overselling it. I'm not underselling it. He's a kid. I'm raising my kid. And we are living our lives. And to us, this is our normal. Might not be normal to you, but then again, what you do isn't normal to me. I don't bring my kids to soccer tournaments or saxophone practice, whatever the hell you do. I know people who have the weirdest lives that I can't even relate to. I know dance moms and, and musicians and, and all these different you know things that people do and soccer parents and baseball parents. And oh, we're going to the Little League World Series. And I'm like, I can't even fathom going to, like, I don't want to leave my house. So we all have different lives that we all deal with different responsibilities, different things to do. Is mine hard? Yeah, but yours is hard too. I don't pity you, don't pity me. And because of that, I won't allow anybody else to give me an out anymore. I won't allow anybody else to make Lucas my out. Like certain things, yeah, I get it. If you want to say to me, hey, look, I understand if he's if he can't come to the party, right? And if he genuinely has a meltdown, I'm not going to come to your party. If he doesn't want to leave the house, if he doesn't want to do whatever. But for the most part, I'm going to try to get there. I'm going to try to do everything I can to make my normal your normal. So you can see that I can live my life with all that's going on just as you can. And when I start doing that, you start reaching for the stars, you're try, trying to better yourself. Just because your life is hard doesn't mean you should stop trying to advance it. And that was the point of Wednesday. So hopefully you guys got that. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to me that you listen to. And I do appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for your support. Thank you for all you've done. Thank you for just being a part of this blog and this podcast. It's been a great few years been a real rebuilding two years and I, I i love being on this upswing right now and i love that i can give you guys these pieces that are more positive and uh hopefully 
help you along as well as you've helped me. So until next time, this is James Gutman saying, be well. Bye, pod. I'm Dad.